When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know, I've, I called for it because I think I earned it. Like I'm, we're seeing guys get the chance at a second title for much less than what I've done. You know what I mean? So uh, I'll be, I don't think I'll waste my time unless it is for, for the belt. All right, everyone, Luke Thomas here in New York City with a man who does not need an introduction, so I'll make it quite brief. He just defended his UFC featherweight title when he absolutely obliterated the Korean zombie in the main event of UFC 273, and he is here to talk about that and a whole lot more. It is the one and only Alexander Volkanovsky. Hi, Mr. Volkanovsky. How Hello. are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. How are you? Good. New York City treating you well? Yeah, it's, it's been good. It's pretty cold. Colder than what I'm used to, but I mean, no, we enjoy it. How cold does it get in Australia, your, your neck oh, of the woods? Oh, man, like, what, what, what would it get? You know, I don't know. Like, it wouldn't get much colder than, than this. This is about as cold as This is, yeah, I would say, yeah, yeah, this is, this is pretty cold. Have you tried any of the New York pizza? I did, yeah. That was like, we did that uh, yesterday. So what, I've, already, I've already knocked over a couple of things, the bagels and the pizza. Okay. So yeah, New York pizza and bagels. So the people wanna... in Jersey will tell you that they have both better bagels and better pizza. Oh, really, You yeah? should know that they're lying. Okay. Yes, that's not at all true. <laughs> How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Yeah? Feeling good. Couple Just of, a couple little... of nicks and scrapes? Not, yeah, not, very not much. too much. Not too much. Maybe from, from punching and kicking, I've got a little bit more, you know, the, the hands and feet. But other than that, it's just a, a part of usually my shin, shin and, and feet usually get pretty sore from fights. Right. I'm pretty... Uh, Low kick heavy, as, as you would know. Yeah. So uh, they usually get a little tender the, a bit after the fight, but it's all good. Okay. All right. Let's talk about the fight. Boy, that was about as close to best case scenario. Not nothing is perfect, so probably not that. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to ask you for a grade, but I am going to ask relative to what you guys had planned or anticipated. Where did the actual performance fit? Um, it went pretty much how we expected it to go. You know, uh, we he did what we thought he would do, uh, and yeah, you know that's why again you got to give everyone the respect early. Uh, so you're going to, you know, start off at a range where, you know, they barely can, can touch it and then work your way in and find that range that you're comfortable at. And, yeah, pretty much exactly what we worked on worked, you know what I mean? I didn't have to change too much. I could uh, stick to uh, my style and, and, and uh, ha- have my way with him that way, you know what I mean? And that's no disrespect to him, but like I, like I said leading up, and I would have said to you, my style covered a lot of ground um, in this fight and a lot of fights. You know, that's, that's the way my style is. You know, I, mean, I can cover a lot of ground there where I don't, uh, you know, I don't take unnecessary risks and I capitalize it and, you know, I, I enter at the right time and, what, and things like that. So that, uh, that took, you know, that went a long way for me. You know, it's kind of funny, the post-fight narrative, a lot of people were hyping up your speed. Mm-hmm. And yes, of course, you are quite fast. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't mean to say that that is false. But it seemed to me that a bigger determination of how you were able to land and not get hit. There was a lot of times you were catching him at the end of his punches. He was mm-hmm. reaching, yep. and then you'd pop him for it. That's a timing issue, right? That's less speed, more timing. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, obviously we're drawing the punches out of him. You know, it's uh, 
without giving too much away. Like, uh, you know, obviously when you, you know, we, we do the fakes, but sometimes you, you know, you, with your fakes, you can do that a little bit more, you know, to get that reaction because sometimes uh, they might not bite on subtle fakes. So, uh, you know, we wanted to really draw the punches out of him. So, you know, you, you sort of uh, go a little bit deeper and things like that and, and, and draw him right out and it worked. Like I said, everything we thought would happen, happened. And, um, yeah, we capitalize on it. All right, so let's talk about the game plan here a little bit. I know, I know this is going to be like me trying to catch you like you catch the <laughs> opponents, and I'm probably not going to have a whole lot of success either, but I'm going to try a little bit here. So with respecting that you don't want to give away things, still, it did look to me like I could not tell if this was a specific game plan just for him mm -hmm. or if this is something, because I feel like you kind of do this all the time, but mm -hmm. it looked to me like right away taking away his jab was pretty important. There was a lot of times you were pairing and then throwing the left hook because I think he has the other side hand down. There were times when you were using the body kick as he was pressing into you. Was taking away the jab a central focus of the game plan? Um, yeah, like again, without <laughs> giving too much away. But like, look, it wasn't it wasn't really just taking out the the jab, but I mean, it was just uh, not letting him use other tools as well. You know, things that that uh, being in the right position at the right time and then taking away uh, you know his uh, power shots and what he looks for. You know, mainly, and then uh, you know, capitalize on that. You know, not giving him uh, much opportunity to throw anything else, uh, other than uh, some some jabs that were never going to really hit anyway. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't really just take out the jab, but there was a, a few things that we had to do without giving too much away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so but uh, then tell me this: what in terms of what his number one or number two weapons that you were focused on, again, I know you're focused on your strengths, mm -hmm. but being cautious and wary of what he's doing, what were you and your team identifying as things to be conscious of that he might try? I mean, obviously counters. Like, uh, everyone, everyone, everyone will know he'll eat one to give one. You know, he's the type of guy that he'll catch you coming in, and they're, they're always dangerous as well. So that's why, uh, like, like I was saying, you can't just... Uh, expect like a little fakes to go and then go in because if he's not reacting them little fakes and then you try and commit that's when he's going to catch her if he's not if he's not reacting on them subtle fakes uh he will react to the committed punches and uh so we had to really really sell um our you know things before the them entries you know really sell him so he could not tell the difference between the two and as you said you know we're drawing the, the counters out of him because he's really good at reading when you're coming in and when you're not and, uh, you know, we obviously had him confused there because he, he would bite on things and I wasn't there and then I'd, I'd capitalize on that. When did you realize he was in trouble? I mean, I know you had confidence going in before the bell mm -hmm. even rang, but I'm talking about there was a moment, I think it was like about one, because you, you rewatched the fight, right? Yep. Okay. So a little bit. A, a little bit. There, there was a moment one minute into the fight. So one minute had expired. Okay. He was pressing into you and you had countered him with a couple times and then you had turned the angle and popped his head back. And when you circled back, you made a, uh, a gesture with your mouth, like "ooh," like you. You there was a there was a clear recognition yeah. that something had worked right away. W at what point in the fight did you realize this dude's in trouble? Um, probably since his first jab, to be <laughs> honest. And I don't mean that in any disrespect. Why the but, first um, jab? Oh, like I just just seen it coming, and obviously I was, was it like moving in slow motion like, to you. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Again, uh, obviously I, I, I was on. Um, had him, you know, working him how how we wanted. Had him going wherever, and then. Even when he thought that he had a, he could, was a time to get me. It was just really obvious for me and uh, pretty slow. So then I was like, oh, no, okay, I'm pretty much going to see everything coming now. So uh, yeah, so I wanted to capitalize probably earlier um, on things. I think I could have uh, did a little bit more, but my team were be careful, like because again, he is he's still going to even though he's eaten a lot of these shots. You get careless, yeah, you probably will get the finish, but that risk of you getting a uh, 
caught coming in gets higher too, right? So uh, they they were into me and be like, look, just be patient, keep doing what you're doing, don't get too uh, too uh, excited uh, straight away. So they were like sort of pulling me back when I felt like uh, I could have you know went in a little bit earlier. But as soon as they said, all right, now let's start following up and. And doing more, I did, and we got the finish pretty much straight away. One of the crazy things about this was after the second, he did it again in the third round, but after the second round, he went and sat down on the ground, mm. not even on a stool. I got to tell you, I've been watching fights for a long time. Yeah. I've seen that maybe a handful of times. Did you pay attention to that, or what were you doing in your corner? I did see, I did see that. Uh, I'd have, I don't know whether he'd just rather sit on the floor. I don't think he would, because he'd be doing that his whole career, right? That's that's body um, language red flag, right? Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, it was, uh, man, like, you can, uh, sometimes you can tell in, on a, fighter's face like you know when when they feel defeated um he didn't seem defeated too early but i mean you could see that he was this ain't going well you know what i mean and uh, you know, he wasn't comfortable and uh, i even said that in the weigh-in uh, not yeah the weigh-ins and the face-offs that like you know obviously he's a, he's a nice dude he doesn't really probably like the face-offs and and you could see he was getting uncomfortable there when i was that's why i wanted to do the face-off and get a little read and i could see he was getting uncomfortable which doesn't really mean much but it means when Things aren't going his way, or like, it means he can get uncomfortable, right? He's not really good at hiding it. Um, and I said that that you know, once I get him uncomfortable, I'm going to know straight away in that fight. And I did; I could tell straight away. And there's signs like that. Mm -hmm. There's signs mid-fight, and just um, you know, there was a few things that he did, and I could really read that he was uncomfortable in there. But towards the end, it was very telling, and uh, it was pretty obvious. And that's when I started almost feeling bad. And I even think in the fourth round, I even said like. Yeah, are you sure you want to keep doing this, mate? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if he probably didn't understand me. But I, I mean, even, even, yeah, even, uh, even if he did understand, I'm sure he would have said the same things. Like, yeah, more good. I'm like, you sure? Like, it wasn't me being cheeky or anything like that. It was just me really being like, man, like, you know, well, the ref's probably not going to give it. Like, I felt like he was asking for the, uh, to be stopped. You know, fighters are never going to give up. They're never going to sit there and be like, I'm done. You know what I mean? Stop the fight. But I mean, they're... In the last two fights, I've seen uh, Ortega and him sort of asking subtly uh, for them to stop it. Like, uh, you know, there's things you don't do when you, you know, if you don't want a, a ref or the commission or doctors and that to stop a fight, you don't show you're having dramas with things. You don't pretend you can't see. Um, you know, you don't like start stumbling and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, he started doing things like that. I was like, oh, I'm very, very obvious tells. And I'm like, he doesn't want to be here. He's asking for help, and they didn't give it to him, same as Ortega. But, I mean, there's nothing you can do. But it just shows you, look, look what I'm doing. These are two guys that are they're veterans, and they're, you know, these guys, are no, they're no joke. And uh, I've got them literally crying for help. Well, not crying for help is probably the wrong word, but they're literally giving up without, you know, really giving up. Like, this is what I'm doing to some of these guys, you know what I mean? Because it's mentally and physically just, it's just too much for them. And that's why I'm trying to tell the, to, you know, before the fight, I'm going, these guys can't handle what I'm doing. And that's sort of proof. And I see it. And I can see it in their eyes, especially in that third and fourth round. Like, he was done and he wanted it, he wanted out. And, um, you know, again, the, uh, my team said, let's, you know, now we can follow up, do more. And I gave him that out. But, you know, I probably would have preferred the, the reps and doctors. Like, again, you could tell it, it wasn't going to go his way anytime yeah. soon. So, uh, and I'm glad that there was a stoppage. Have you ever had, obviously you're the champ and you're, mm -hmm. you, was it 21 fight winning streak or something extraordinary like that, but have you ever had that worst case scenario conversation with Joe Lopez or any of your coaches like, this is when you can throw the towel, this is when you can't? The reason why I ask is because when I interview boxers, they seem to always have that arrangement well understood before they even walk into the ring. I don't think we have, uh, to be honest. 
Uh, we haven't, we haven't had that conversation, but I mean, my What's your my team, on? my team are gonna look, man. They should be caring about our health anyway. Don't it doesn't matter if I get angry and all that. Like at the end of the day, even if it's oh you, I could have won and you lost me this much money. At the end of the day, the health's more important than than that. Getting home to your family's uh, healthy is more important. So you can't hate them for that. You know what I mean? If it was the other way around and they're letting you die for the money, that's when you're probably going to start asking some weird questions, right? Um, that's a tougher conversation, I believe. But um, at the same time, it depends on the person. If they are still trying to figure out, if he sees me still trying to figure a way to win, you know what I mean? Because I'm the type of guy, you are not going to see me give up and I'm going to always look for something. If, something, if it's not working, I'm going to keep searching for something that's going to work. And if you see me do that and, you know, and say it's still not working, I'm just miles behind and uh, my team wants to do that, all right, I think that that's fair. But I mean, uh, if I'm trying to find a way, at least give me a decent chance. It's, it's hard. It's a really tricky one because I'd expect them to give me that chance, but I wouldn't hate them if they took my, uh, my health first. Right, you can't, you know, you can't hate them for that. And of course, you haven't even been in a scenario even exactly. approximately I haven't this, so, so there's not really all that, all that uh, important of a thing to do. All right, so in talking about some of the other things around this fight, have you paid it all? I know, so I talked to, we, we went down to South Florida, we interviewed Gilbert Burns, and he was like, when the fight's over, the only thing I care about is what my family and coaches say. Fair enough. That being said, have you paid attention at all to what the fans have said since your win? Uh, no, not really. Uh, like, I guess I am looking a little bit, but I mean, like I said, leading in, I'll just, um, I'm not too fussed about all that anymore. I'm just going to be me and, again, care what, what the people I care about. You know, that's, that's what I'm going to, that'll, that'll be what I take. I'll take in what they say. Um, and, you know, they were happy with how things were. And um, I was even saying, oh, well, I thought I could have done that. No, no, you did exactly what we said. That was good. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, uh, all good. So that's it. They're, they were happy with how things went. So I'm happy. Yeah. That being said, though, the fans, I've noticed a shift. This, okay. this one was a shift for me. The Ortega one was also a shift mm -hmm. uh, because of just the nature of that fight and the, the escapes from the submissions and then the brutality of it all. I think that was a shift. This was another one, too, mm -hmm. where... You know, I've, I've called it uh, hater stages of grief. You ever heard okay. about that? Like one is like bargaining <laughs> and acceptance. Yeah. Part of the, what I've seen is, I've seen a lot of this. Okay. I may not like him, but God damn it, he's really good. He's really good. <laughs> that is hater bargaining, is it not? They are, they are, this is the stage of grief mm -hmm. of critics who are finally coming around to an overwhelming case that they just can no longer deny. Is that any of that resonating with you? Um, yeah, that, that makes sense. Obviously, I guess you can see that, but I mean, I'm not really looking for it. And the, the beauty of it is I don't really care, as I've been saying uh, for the past week. And that um, I, don't, I don't really care. But I mean, I always said that they're going to jump on board. You know what I mean? And here I was like, you know, I come in while, uh, and just took over and like, a lot of people didn't like it, right? And it's, it just takes time. And the thing is, people act like they haven't seen this before. This has happened plenty of times. Max was in the exact same uh, position. Uh, for a while where, you know, no one was giving him the recognition he deserved uh, when he was uh, getting these fights, you know, and he was like, he'd been underdogs against guys like even Ortega um, and things like that. This just this just happens, you know, it takes time. Uh, but, you know, they're all going to jump on board and they're, they're starting to, like you said. But I'm going to just be me and uh, I'm happy with how, how things are going and that's that. You know, I'm not going to, I don't need to please the haters. That's one thing that I think I always wanted to do. Prove them wrong and get them on my side. But, I mean, uh, you know, it was a, but now I just don't care about that, and I'm just being me and uh, have fun with it. And I'm, you know, I'm a lot more nothing but positive vibes and enjoying the whole process. Mm. Speaking of Max, which I sometimes I go into these interviews and I don't even want to talk about. It. I like I love Max a lot. I have <laughs> profound respect for his career. Don't get me wrong, but it's just that it's you've won twice, and so there's a question of you know the necessity of the third. 
Nevertheless, though, it just seems like all roads lead to that. Now, I don't know what the UFC is going to do uh, one way or the other. How different a, will a third fight be with Max? I mean, it's a... You, you never know, again, like because we're both uh, both teams. Obviously, you know, they're, they're deep in the strategy and all that. You know, and they get the game. They get the strategy. They understand all that. And uh, so I guess you're going to have to... You're going to have to have certain, like a couple of options, like, you know what I mean? Not, almost a couple of game plans. You know, again, my style covers a lot of ground. But I mean, there's going to be, uh, you know, we're probably going to have game plans of, of strategies we think they're going to have. And, you know, we're going to have take that into consideration. But, you know, again, we don't know what, what, what's happened. I don't know his situation. I'll be honest, uh, that fight was obviously meant to, meant to be early in the, the year and Oh, sorry. Yeah, earlier in the year, we were obviously scheduled, and he got injured. And but I don't know that situation. I don't know if uh, there was. I don't even know if there's negotiation problems. If if he's injured for a while, or if he wanted the fight in the first place, because it was all really weird how it came about. Uh, I sort of got told about. It, next minute they announced, it, and next minute they they and I just didn't understand the whole situation. Mm. So um, I don't know that what, what's going on there. But I mean, I'm just going to keep uh, doing me see what the UFC say. Uh, at the end of the day. The biggest fight and the one that makes most sense, you know, if uh, that's the fight everyone wants to see, um, and we think you know the pay per views will do well, and you know legacy and all that type of stuff, we'll make the decision for the right reasons. That that's what what counts. Why uh, you're the champ, but why has Max? What does he do that the rest of, the, excluding yourself, mm -hmm. what does he do that the rest of the division does not, such that he also has this strong command? Put it this way. Him. Put it this way. If he, if our division. Uh, were doing their part and, and, you know, people were trying to take their number one spot and there was a clear, like, say there was someone that took out top contenders, Max probably wouldn't get a trilogy straight away. But because uh, these guys are, are sort of sitting back and, like, you know, I don't know, like, they're trying to pick their fights or, and things like that, he was the only one that went out there and took out the number one contenders and, and you know, cemented himself as the number one contender. That's why he was going to get the trilogy. And if, uh, if the other guy, other contenders were doing that and there was a clear number one contender or even a clear number two or something, they would probably be in front of Max. Everyone would be screaming their name. But the reason why Max is going to keep coming up is because he's still there. He actually did uh, his part by going out there and fighting guys and keeping that number one spot. So, uh, you know, it's not like he's just being given... The, like, you know, again, if he didn't fight anyone, he wouldn't give, get this chance. But at least he went out there and took out the, the other guys. And that's why people are still talking about him and, and again, what that, that, that trilogy. So that's always going to be there. And uh, while, uh, while this division sorts itself out, if they don't do their job, they're going to be sitting there waiting even longer. Yeah. Whether I move up, you know, obviously I'm looking at this lightweight division and uh, I've done my part now. You know, you haven't heard me talk about lightweight division. I've talked about it. People ask me about it, but I've never said, give me that fight. Mm -hmm. I've always said I plan on doing that in the near future. I want to wait for the right time. I'm the type of guy that you've got to earn opportunity to do something like that i've had four title fights four four wins three defenses i'm in a position where i can start calling for this type of shit um <laughs> so uh so there you go that's why i feel feel like you know that is definitely an option i want three fights this year and i'm not going to sit there and wait for the division or just fight you know already had to fight someone that wasn't really next in line because of the injury through injury and stuff like that so i don't want to have to just do that again for the sake of it give me a lightweight fight or something that, that you know that still makes sense and then maybe later if the division sorts itself out or the UFC come back with whoever it was, another number one contender, or Max Holloway, uh, whatever it is, we'll do that later in the year. But I want three fights this year and 
I think next is a, a title fight in lightweight division. All right, let me give an alternative theory about why Max is there. Yes, he has he took on Calvin Cater, he took on mm-hmm. Pierre Rodriguez, but he's also better than them. He's better mm-hmm. than them. Mm-hmm. I guess what I'm asking you is, what does he do that's not enough for you, but that is enough for them? What, um, what makes him so good? Oh, mate, look, oh, he's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a great fighter. That's why he was a champion again, and obviously. If I wasn't here, he'd still be champion and he'd be reigning, you know, he would have a lot of defenses. But again, as I always say, right, it's different when I'm in front of you. But he's got a, a good game, a very, he's a smart fighter. Obviously, he eats a lot of shots, like he'll eat some to give some. But I mean, there's still strategy around it as well. Um, he's got a good team around him. He's obviously durable. He's obviously fit. So he covers a lot of ground in them. And then he, he does strategize as well. Volume fighter and... Um, but there's strategy uh, behind it as well. You know, it isn't just like he just throws anything. You know, he's calculated in his approach in the volume, volume striking. But again, we got reads on that. And it's just different when I'm in front of you. Yeah. I'm not going to let you just, you know, I don't let you just do your thing and roll on from there. Right. Uh, I make people fight my fight. And that's that. Yeah, you, one thing on that, uh, and we'll move on to 155. But you had mentioned that your style covers a lot of ground, sort of mm-hmm. speaking metaphorically. Yep. What do you mean exactly by that? You can wrestle, you can strike, you can do all that stuff. But when you say covers a lot of ground, how do you how do you envision that? Okay, so like uh, you know, a lot of guys that will have uh, certain tools and things like that, you know, that could give me danger. My style will uh, nullify a lot of a lot of that purely from my style. You know, this guy's that say he's got a kicking heavy game or a right hand heavy game or uppercut heavy. You know, all these things. My style. Uh, and you know how I approach a fight, and you know, and, and just yeah, the, the type of fighter I am, nulla, can nullify a lot of people's uh, like well, well, what's a good word? A lot of their tools, good tools. I can nullify that with purely just just my style. Like I don't need a strategy to nullify this guy's um, tough, uh, you know, strong leg kick or whatever it is, whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? Or a range this guy fights at. You know, if I had a really good range, it makes it difficult for a lot of different styles. Um, you know, my entries and fakes and all that, as you would know, you know, I don't just, I'm not easy to read, you know, and things like that. Tell so counterfighters, you know what I mean? Yeah, counterfighters, you know, I cover a lot of ground with counterfighters because when am I coming in? You know, you would know what I mean by that. Um, you know, guys that, volume strikers, again, defensively and, uh, you know, breaking their rim, my style covers a lot of that. You know, you, you can have all these different styles and my... My style can deal with them just purely without even have really having strategy, you know. And then, uh, then you can, on top of that, guys that might have uh, tools that I need to have a bit more strategy and a bit more focus to nullify on, I can add that on top. Right. Does that make sense? It does you get make that? Sense. Yeah. It does make sense. But you're, you're, you won't give me the specifics, which is fine. But yeah. it does. From broad, to make it a <laughs> from broad strokes, this really makes sense. Well, then let me ask you this though. Not without you don't have to name names. I'm certainly not interested in anything mm-hmm. like that. But. What you do is so unique and so encompassing, it seems almost negligent that people aren't trying to, to copy you, right? Mm-hmm. Our biggest sport here is the NFL. I don't know if you know this, but we call it a copycat league because mm-hmm. all of the coordinators come up with offensive strategies and they work for a season, then everyone borrows them and they have to come up with something new. Mm-hmm. I don't see a lot of people following what you're doing, at least not very much. It's, Why is that? Well, it's it ain't easy to do. Okay. All enough. right. I mean, uh, that's a good way of putting it. And it's a... Uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, trying to, I keep busy, right? And I'm, I'm, I'm busy keeping other people's brain busy and all that. And I'm always constantly changing things and mixing things up and all that while I'm fighting what's in front of me. It's not as easy to do. A lot of people can't do all them things at once. I can't do outside of the cage. I can't do two things at once. <laughs> I'm useless. Ask my wife. She'll tell you. 
but in the cage, I can do multiple things at once. And that is, you know, me moving, obviously picking shots and, uh, you know, and then doing fakes and all that type of stuff and keeping them busy and, and uh, all that type of stuff. A lot of people can't do that. It's easier said than done. Believe that, like, you know what I mean? But because uh, without giving too much away, I don't, you know, you, you th people think they get a read on me and I'm changing it like that. You know what I mean? I'm picking up that they're trying to, you know, pick up on something I'm doing and I'm constantly changing that while I'm still keeping them busy and capitalizing. You get what I mean? There's a, it's very complex. It's a lot of layers there. And it, it ain't just a very, oh, I'm just like, you know, people see me do a lot of low kicks. It isn't me just throwing low kicks. There's a lot of purpose in every little low kick that I do. There's different ranges, there's different um, speeds, there's different powers in them. There's different, you know, it, it, go, it goes a lot deeper than what most people think. And I, the details that we go into, uh, I had them details through the whole game, you know, and that's how I learned. I play, you know, you play chess and some people just like to play with their queens and bishops and castles. And I use every piece on that board and I use them all effectively. I, 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 you might use pawns more than anything else. Oh, you there you go. I'm more than happy later. to use the pawn, pawns yeah. to set up the queens yeah. and things like that. Where a lot of people are just, you know, they're just offense heavy. You know what I mean? Is that my pawns are going to maybe protect the king and queen and all that and then pick off some of these guys as we go out. And then the, the queen could come out and take out when they're ready, you know? <laughs> I, I know your time is limited, so I'll, I'll make this quick. But I guess the thing I would say is you, it, just, it just blows my mind that we have a champion who's doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Max is a talented fighter as well. and He's got his own thing. But like we're still in a world where like I'll watch UFC fights and you'll see a lot of guys not even faint, mm -hmm. and it's like how can there be that? Like I, mm -hmm. if you had a lesson for young fighters, young fighters, not experienced guys in the UFC, young fighters, what would it be? What's the number one thing to make sure that they position themselves for the next evolution in fighting and to be there ready for it? Man, uh, can't give too much away again, right? Like you know, I'm not going to give a, it. A, one one I mean, singular look, insight. Man, it's just a. Uh, one thing that I still don't get is a lot of gyms how they they separate all the all the martial arts. They'll go there and uh, you know if they want to do boxing, they'll go to a boxing gym and just do boxing. Boxing is obviously great to do, but it is MMA is totally different. You need to blend them all together. You need to have an MMA approach in boxing, MMA approach in kickboxing, MMA approach in wrestling, MMA approach in jujitsu. You know, not uh, don't separate them. I see people separating them all the time. Like they sit there, they want to do jujitsu. They go to a jujitsu guy, they'll chuck on a gi. And I love jujitsu. I'm a black belt. I love jujitsu. But when it comes to mixed martial arts, you know what I mean. I am very MMA specific with my my jujitsu approach, and uh, the, the team around me all understand that. So we've got a jujitsu coach, and everything is just MMA specific. And I think that obviously some gyms do that, but you'll be be surprised with how many gyms don't. Oh, Fair enough. All right. Before we go here, 155. I guess my question would be, if they come to you at 155 and they say, we got an idea for you, mm -hmm. are you only accepting a title shot or number one contender? Because here's my idea. There's a lot of different ways to do it. A lot of guys go and get the title fights. But sometimes, like Anderson Silva, they go up and take on someone who's highly ranked, mm -hmm. but the style makes for the fight itself. Not the James Irvin one, but Forrest Griffin would be one. Here's a similar idea. See, I'm just going to pitch it to you. See what you think. If they don't come to you with a title shot, for whatever reason, it's busy or someone's injured or whatever, and they say, how about RDA, Rafael Dos Anjos? What do you say? And I'm, uh, I think, again, I'm, uh, I, I want this title fight. You know, I've, I called for it because I think I earned it. Like, I'm, we're seeing guys 
get the chance at a second title for much less than what I've done. You know what I mean? So uh, I'll be, I don't think I'll waste my time unless it is for, for the belt. You know what I mean? So uh, that's, some, that's a position. Obviously, I'll talk to my team and see what they think. And, but I mean, you know, when, when you're doing stuff like that as well, then you're taking pay cuts for that, right? It ain't even a title fight anymore. Mm. So uh, it just doesn't make, make sense. And you know, I think I'm in a position where uh, I can definitely uh, at least ask for that. And if not, if it's not this fight, maybe next fight. But I believe I'm in a, in a good position and I don't think uh, I need to try and climb the ladder you know, where, where I'm at. Right. I'm undefeated at lightweight too, remember? Fair I'm enough. undefeated at middleweight. You're undefeated at like heavyweight, welterweight, <laughs> all different kinds of weight. All right, last question, two-part before you go. One, I know that you had said you wanted to go back to Australia. Mm-hmm. Dana White was kind of like, eh. But it is open up. That Cambosis is going back mm-hmm. there with the Devin Haney mm-hmm. fight and a whole lot of stuff. So, so did you have any conversations subsequent to that with Dana? And two, again... Israel Adesanya was like, if you come to New Zealand, you come to Auckland, I'll show you the works. If I make the trip to Australia, no more, I don't want to say enough, no more, I can't tell you anything, would you show me some of the complexities off the record of your game? I don't know, off man. Off the record. You, 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 get, you, get a lot of, you get a lot of it out there, you know what I mean? So, uh, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know. I definitely would show you some cool shit, but I mean, you're a clever man, you know, you... We could we could have some good conversations. I reckon. Uh, I'll yeah. take that as we a could yes. take we could take a lot from each other. I'll take but, that I as mean, a yes. But I mean, yeah, not all the tricks. Not all the not tricks. all the tricks. All right. Did you talk to the US? Enough all... that's going to get my opponents in more trouble. Right. Okay. You fair know enough. what I mean? Fair enough. So I got another. Step you can show ahead. me the old stuff. Maybe yeah. you can save all the. I'll new let stuff. them level up just so I can counter with another level on top of that. And then anything with Australia? Australia. Now look, we're having a. I think there's a bit of confusion there. Um, that's a, we'll have a conversation because uh, I I don't think there's that many hurdles to cross. Not any more than you would have. Going to London or, or anything no like that, you know what I mean? No, exactly. So I feel uh, maybe there was a little bit of miscommunication with with something that he heard, but I reckon uh, I reckon we get over line. Well, I'm going to at least try and push for it. Again, I think the Aussie fans, he knows uh, how much how big it is over there, and he loves going there. Um, I think they deserve it, the Aussie fans, and I think maybe I deserve to defend my belt as well. So. Hopefully we can get that over the line. We'll see. What we well, can I gotta do. say this is a, this might be the golden era of combat sports in Australia, the Oceanic region mm-hmm. right now. Oh, and yeah. you and Cambosis and Adesanya and everyone else, you guys are at the front of it. So mm-hmm. it's an exciting time. There he is. He's the featherweight champion of the world, and he might be for a long time to come. Alex Volkanovski, thank you for your time. Thank you. I appreciate it. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.